the beginning, there was a student and an instructor. Along this path of education, thousands are traveling today toward a better future for themselves and for us all. And wherever there is the will to learn... All learning is understanding relationships. Go create. Go figure it out. Let's see what we can do. What we do is important. EdTech Mixtape is a collection of conversations and greatest hits just for you. For you know, Miss Walker, you made a difference in my life. Thank you so much for joining us on EdTech Mixtape. We've got a really special treat for you today. We have JJ Patton. And I'm going to let JJ kind of tell a little bit about herself because one, she's incredible. Two, she's got an amazing story. And three, she's just an absolute darling. So go ahead, <laughs> JJ. Tell us a little bit about your life. Thank you so much. So my name is JJ Patton. I am 16 years old and I'm into the tech world. I love to code and STEM and all things like that. I learned how to code when I was 10 years old. My father taught me how to code. And he, we had this idea called PhotoPatch, a nonprofit organization that allows children to send free letters and pictures to their parents in prison. And um, we had our website up and my dad taught me how to code at 10. And we always had an idea to build an app for our organization to make it easier for the kids and just way more convenient, but nobody ever got around to it. So when I got more, you know, of my coding skills under my belt and I felt confident, I learned how to build the app and I did it on my own at 12 years old and we were able to publish it and then help more kids to use this app and use our platform to communicate with their parents. And then about a year and a half later, my dad started an online school called Unlock Academy, which basically teaches people that, you know, are unconfident or minorities or people that's just marginalized in general, how to get into the tech space in an easy and convenient way for them in a way that they feel confident. And I end up wanting to do be a part of that as well. So I am the head of our youth um, at Unlock Academy. So I teach kids how to code and keep them engaged and keep them on this path, you know, for eventually to be a career for them. That's really incredible. So do you have siblings? Yes, I do. I have a little sister named Nova. She's three and a little brother named Jaden. He's 10. So they feel no pressure whatsoever to they- live up to <laughs> what you have said. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, kind of like my little sister, she's going to be something else. Like she's going to go and do better things than me. Like nobody knows yet because she's just three. But if People around her all day, every day, they'll be like, JJ who? Like, Nova is it. So <laughs> I feel pressure really against her because she's just depressing me. And my little brother, he's always super competitive. Like, he's competitive with anything and anybody. So he likes to, like, one-up my, me all the time. He knows how to build games and video games, and he's helping, like, teach that to the kids as well. So he's, like, in competitive mode with me. So there's a there's really a lot of pressure on me because they're just trying to surprise me every minute. So... <laughs> You're, you're more just like looking over your shoulder, trying to keep one step ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. That's how it goes with siblings. I'm, uh, I'm the youngest of three, so I, I, I'm the one from coming up from behind. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like you've, uh, it, so you really, you guys really have the whole family involved. Yes, everybody is super involved, engaged. Even with our extended family, we try to get as much people into it as possible to just show them that there's more possibilities for them and more things for them to just learn and most of um like the people our business parts partners and who we work with that our team is like family like we're all big family orientated like our business is pretty much family oriented 
That's really, that's incredible though. And that that's a great way to kind of make sure that everybody is as passionate about it as you are. Cause clearly uh, you, you, your father, you have really done something wonderful and you're doing your part to lift up those around you. So being that involved with your family, that's, is it ever kind of hard to tread that line between like passion and business? Yeah. I mean, to an extent, you know, cause I guess you just have to, like you said, find that balance. It does get hard because you have to really like know your limits and know yourself. But I mean, my, my parents have taught me very well how to balance certain things and how to keep things like from like overstepping each other, like overlapping each other. So at times it can get hard, but if you just like, I don't know, I just always try my best to make sure that, you know, I stay on the right track, I guess. That's, I mean, there's a lot of adults that struggle with that. So if teen, you've got that kind of handled and are very least thinking about it. I think you've got, you've got about 20 years on a lot of other people. So yeah, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) So speaking of that balance, I'm kind of curious. uh, So a lot of the press that surrounded you and your father kind of happened when you initially launched the app. uh, So about four years ago now. Uh, so what is your life like right now? What, what's going on? What are we up to? Bring us up to date. Yeah. So we definitely have a lot going on. Um, yes, the past two months has, two months have just been like pretty wild. We've been moving to a new state. We're also coming up with new things to, you know, release eventually to the people to get more people into this world and just different things. Um, we're also, well, I'm also like launching a campaign to get 10,000 women, of color and girls into um, the tech space. So I created the initiative on the documentary with HP. And now I'm just really working towards everything that I can do to do it. So it's going to be released about next month in October. And I'm really just, you know, working my hardest to make sure that I can get more people like me into this world of tech. So you and your father run Unlock Academy. Are you two the only ones kind of running it or do you have more people on the team? No, we have more people on the team. So me and my dad are like the head coaches, the one who do most of the teaching. But we also have um, different coaches that help like with tutoring and help further explain like certain courses that we do. And then we also have my dad's cousin who is a big part of the team, like as far as like on the board and that helps with like student success and making sure that if there's any problems or if people need any help, that he's like the person that kind of do all that. And yeah, we have a lot of different people that help in different aspects, but me and my dad is just pretty much like the real face of it. But we have a whole community that really is like engaged and dedicated to helping these students. That community is really central to kind of the spirit of what you're doing, isn't it? Yes. Yes, we have a whole, um, we call it our tribe, and we have like a big group thing on the a platform called Slack. And anytime like people need help or tutoring or just a little boost of inspiration, they go on there and it's like a big support group with all of our students who like anytime you need help, you're going to be able to find it because everybody's just so supportive and just together helping each other. It's really cool. That's awesome. We've been talking to quite a few teachers and educators, and we've been talking about the overlap between tech and collaboration skills. Uh, I think there's kind of a perception of coding as being a very kind of individual activity. It's a white dude in the base in his mom's basement on a computer. But that really doesn't seem to be the case. It seems like it is very much so. 
essential that there is that collaborative nature. Do you, do you find that to be the case and how do you find that impacts how you teach it? Yeah, I definitely, I think that, that um, stereotype should be like more, people should kind of like steer away from it because it's really helpful to have a group or somebody else to be able to, you know, do this with, because if it becomes challenging and you're doing it on your own, it's going to make you want to like quit and give up easier because you're like, I can't figure this out on my on my own. Like that's why people say two brains are better than one. And then imagine if you have like 10 brains, that's definitely better than one, two, three. So it just keeps helping. Like we really encourage our students to get to know each other and then find like accountability partners. That's like, Hey, you were slacking on this. Let's get it together. Or, Hey, I need help. Like, let's get on a call together. It's definitely, it really helps the progress of our students. Like we see how much it helped when people are having a partner or a group of people to do it with opposed to on their own and they're struggling they kind of just feel like they have no one to go to. So it's really helpful to have people there by your side doing a skill like coding. I love that, uh, that term accountability partner. Yes. That's, that's really, that's a great idea. Yeah. So really cool. I was looking at your guys' website and your bio describes you as a UI and UX developer with a sponge-like mind. And I think that sponge-like mind comes from a, your dad saying that. Yes. <laughs> so I'd love for you to kind of walk me through what UI and UX is. I'd love to know a little bit more about that. And I think educators should know a little bit more about that. Right. So basically UI and UX is just like the development of making something like pretty much look good, like an app and a website, just kind of like the front end of it and making it look cool and active for users to like be active on and, you know, interact with your website and different pop-ups. Like you go to things like YouTube, like you're able to like click on certain things and they make it look cool for you. Just things like that, like making a website and the interface of an app just look really engaging and nice for a user to be able to use. It's a, there's a podcast, there's like, there's literally one podcast that I listen to and it's called um, The Invisible 99% and it's about design and the influence that design has on our life. Yes. And it it makes me think about things like uh, doors, you know, there's, there's doors and if you have like the push bar on it, you're, you instinctively want to push on it as opposed to if it has a handle, you instinctively want to pull on it. So when that's backwards and like you mix that up. There are natural things that can be done to clue you into what things are supposed to do. And I think user UI and UX really relies on a lot of that, doesn't it? Yes, for sure. It's, uh, it's interesting to see how those things transfer to the virtual space from a physical Exactly, space. yeah. It happens a lot like that. Like a lot of things that's just like normal day things that you're just kind of like used to doing or used to seeing as like physical it can really transfer into like the virtual world and how you can use that on like just many different aspects, pretty much. It feels almost like architecture. Yeah. In a way and how you experience the space and how you experience the virtual experience versus the physical experience. That's yes, for sure. So this is something that I wanted to talk about. A lot of tech companies have this mythos of starting in a garage with no money, but that narrative very frequently hides advantages. I mean, Bill Gates, they they have that kind of mythos associated with Microsoft, but his mom was on the board of United Way. That's how she was able to like get in contact with the CEO of IBM, which was their first big software buyer. Like Amazon started with a $300,000 investment from Jeff Bezos' parents. Elon Musk's parents owned Emerald Mines. Like there is a very kind of 
false hum- humility of beginnings narrative that's built into a lot of large tech companies and yeah. kind of Silicon Valley beginnings. Where do you fall in that mythology of the garage in tech? And how do you feel those curated origin stories impact opportunities in the tech fields for women of color? Right. Yeah, I definitely think that myth that myth is not fair due to, like you said, the hidden advantages that they do have. Like, it's so easy for them to just be like, yeah, I started in a garage, but then like hide the other information. And it kind of like steers away from other people being able to do it because it's like, they say that to make other people think, oh, I can do it. But then if they go and try to start off their garage and not know that they got this money to be able to start, now they're going to be kind of confused and lost and not know where to go next because it's like, okay, here I am trying to start, but now I have no resources or where to go. And it's like, yeah, they lied to you. Like they did. They had these resources. They had the money. They had the people to help them. So it's like really bad to have that false narrative because it makes other people feel like they can do it, but it's hiding all the other aspects. So once they do try to get into it, it's like, wait, I can't go any further. Like they never told me this was going to happen. It was like, yeah, because they were trying to hide the fact of everything that else came for them. But as far as me, it's like, I'm not like, basically I would say that I actually can be like vouching for that starting kind of in the garage thing, because like, my upbringings and my parents' upbringings were nothing close to Jeff Bezos and all of them, like, at all. Like, once again, my mom had to have me at 17, and she had to move into her, host, her own house at 18 and try to provide for me and work three jobs, but also finish school so that she can also be able to get a license and pay her bills and keep her lights on. And then having other kids and having more kids and trying to keep food for us and keep our lights on it wasn't always like that easy like there wasn't we didn't always able be able to have our lights on we didn't always know what our next meal was going to be like we had to make stuff up and even when like then my mom happened to fall into being a single parent like my dad went to prison she had a little help here and there from other people but it's like they're also going through their own thing thing too like we're I grew up in the city, Buffalo, New York is the third poorest city in the nation. So there's not much resources that, you know, you can really get from because everybody that's in your family or your friends, they're all going through the same thing as you. So there was no like big upbringings for me where it's like my mom or my dad can just give me $300,000 and be like, okay, here's your dreams, like go chase them. It's like the most they can get from me was their support and their love and everything else. Like I had to really have that grit and that work and they will give me anything that they can, but it's also like they still have to pay bills. They still have to give me food and give me clothes and make sure I have education. So it wasn't like that for me to be able to be like, I started in the garage, but then actually had back and funds for my parents. Like it wasn't like that at all. Like I seriously had to go from the bottom and like make my way to the top. Like even when my dad came from prison, now he's like basically a felon. So he has to, try to find his way into his career path and try to get a job and keep money for us and now help support. My mom have to move from another state in order for us all to be together. Like it's a lot that comes with it. And it's not like all peaches and cream where I'm able to like get all this stuff in order to chase my dreams. Like the most that I was given was just love and support. And anything after that was just like me trying to just use my real dedication and just dreams to go to the fullest. So I would say that I'm really can like 
if I wanted to stay, I stayed, started out of the garage. I can be serious and really show people like, hey, you can start from nothing and do it. But the rest of them, like, they should just not even try that. <laughs> it's not fair to other people. No, it's not. I like yeah. what you said earlier. They lied. They did. They lied. Yeah. What's your uh, What's your YouTube channel going to be about? Just basically like my life as me, like as a 16-year-old entrepreneur and coder and just like my, my family, like our family, like had, like we do so much and we do so much together. And like a lot of time when we're doing things, we're like, we should be recording this. Like this is like some good content right here. Like we're just like always laughing at different stuff. And so that's like why I'm also starting it too. Just like to show more behind the scenes in my life and like who I really am as a person. Like a lot of people know me as like this cool like colder girl, but like they don't know like different stuff that I do. Like people wouldn't know that I'm doing ballet unless like they ask. Like you ask what I do in my free time. So now it's like people would know. But other than that, it's like, okay, she's like some cool girl in the tech. So I think that's going to really like so a purpose to like show people who I am, like besides like what, I don't know, I'm always known for doing just like to give that behind the scenes kind of. I think that that's, that's really, really valuable for people to see. Uh, and like you yes. said, um, like scene representation of people who look like you in media and yes. also scene. that not necessarily dichotomy, but that, that breadth of uh, interests. Like I went to, I went to performing arts schools growing up and ended up as a science teacher, but that arts background really, really was super valuable in shaping my perspective. I'm curious with, uh, with homeschooling, are you able to, do you end up like separating your day into like English, math, social studies, science, or is it more of kind of a holistic interdisciplinary approach? Yeah. So, um, it's kind of like both, like in Florida, it was more of just like the holistic way of just kind of like incorporating everything I do as education but like here in Georgia there's like requirements for English math study science which that stuff I do like on a daily like all day every day like especially math like I love math and my dad loves math so like we'll do math together like just for fun so we it's definitely like a a, a big balance now I'm like here and there like being able to do both like my business but also like real education and my my parents are like still really big on that for me, like still getting a good education and like the fundamentals, like reading math, writing science. And like, I already know a lot because like in school, like I've always had like straight A's and 4.0 GPA. So it's kind of like, I don't know, the more and more I learn, the better, I guess. But yeah, it's really cool, especially like math and science. Those are my, I love, those are my best sub subjects, but I also like love writing. So I don't know, I guess it's like all of them, I guess. But yeah, I definitely love to have a good balance in both because I like to have my education as well. No, that's good. And that's, there's, there's so much value in individuals who can do that overlap of the right and left brain, math and science, and also the, the more kind of creative aspects of it. There's, we need, we need so many of those people in the world because that's, that's where we see that growth is that overlap. And that's, that's where we solve the problems and that's where we get the innovators like you. Yes. Yeah. That's what we're really big about in my house. Just having that overlap of creativity, but also the real fundamentals of just education in general. Perfect. Yeah. You're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It sounds like your family's awesome too. Yeah. I love them so much. They are really awesome. I, I definitely wouldn't be like anywhere I am or doing 
whatever I'm doing without them. Like they all play a really huge role in like everything that I do. Like we're all just one big ball of just like togetherness. Like there's like no me without them. Like we do everything together. We're always a family. We're always supportive. So yeah, they're definitely like my lifeline. That's awesome. That's really awesome. So if you could talk to a 10-year-old you or maybe 8-year-old you, what, mm-hmm. what do you, you, you would have needed to hear at that point? I'd probably just like, wow, that'd be crazy because like there's a lot that came after 8, 10 years old. So I just tell me to just like stay on the road that I'm on, just keep being curious in my, you know, really loving to learn little self and that like, it's gonna pay off eventually like stay just I don't know wanting to learn more like as a little kid I was always the type of person that wanted to learn more like anything like I'm always asking a question like of stuff like other kids wouldn't be worrying about I'm the type of person who's like actually I want to learn more about that like hey teach me so I just tell myself like stay on that path of just wanting to know more because that plays a huge part of who I am today. Like once again, it goes back to that sponge like brain, just wanting to learn more and more and more. So I just tell myself to just keep that ambition and just keep being confident and just wanting to do more. Is there, is there anything else that you'd like to share that you'd like to put out there? If um, individuals are interested in donating to the motherboard project, uh, where, where could they go? Right. Yeah. They can um, go to a set on Life Academy and um, also, you know, just if you want to get into the realm of tech and you feel like it's something you want to do, I love to tell people to just kind of like stay confident and just realize their worth and what they can do. Like, don't let anybody, any people drag you down and tell you that you can't do something like just kind of try as, as much as you can block out the negativity and really like enhance the people around you who are supportive of you and really wanted to see your growth and just like just make sure you always realize your worth like chase your dream because you'll never know where it takes you that's awesome all right uh jj again thank you so very much for taking the time to talk with me thank you so much for letting us share you with the world one more time it was amazing to spend this time with you and talk to you you're making me miss kids (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much I'm so excited to to have done this. Um, I really appreciate you talking with me and having me on you guys' podcast. It was really great. I enjoyed it. EdTech Mixtape brought to you by Coder Z. Conversations and greatest hits just for you.